0: modern life. Between careers, kids, and health, it can be mayhem. That's why we're here. I'm Dr. Lisa Varghese Kroll.
1: And I'm Dr. Lonray Falusi. We're physicians, moms, and longtime friends who break it all down for you. Wondering how to juggle all the balls and still stay sane? Looking for advice, but don't want to be overwhelmed?
0: Curious about how to make the most out of life for your family, but enjoy it at the same time? You're in the right place. Welcome to Health and Home with the Hippocratic Hosts.
1: On this episode, we're talking about burnout. Has the pandemic left you feeling like your work or life responsibilities are harder to manage than ever? Wondering what burnout really means and need to know if you have it and where to turn for help? Keep listening so you can take better care of a very important person, you. Hey, Lise.
0: Hey, Lon. This is a pretty timely topic.
1: (laughs) Is it ever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we're talking about burnout today. And the reason we wanted to discuss this is because we have experienced some of this ourselves, more so than ever with COVID-19 and its fallout. So think of today's episode as something that we're sharing in solidarity with Mm -hmm. you. You know, in the hopes that if we all look out for each other, we can help decrease this epidemic.
1: Exactly. So burnout is increasingly and alarmingly common among healthcare workers after the massive workload and crisis mode of the last two years. But we know it's not limited to medicine. Mm-hmm. So even if you personally aren't suffering from burnout, keep an eye out for whether any of the signs we're about to discuss sound familiar. So you can be a helping hand for someone who is.
0: Absolutely. So what is Burnout. Well, according to the American Psychological Association, burnout is the physical, emotional, or mental exhaustion accompanied by decreased motivation, lowered performance, and negative attitudes toward oneself and others. It's caused by repeatedly performing at a high level in a chronically stressful environment. It's often caused by work, but not always. While burnout is common in high stakes, service oriented fields like, as we said, healthcare, but also law enforcement and teaching, especially during COVID. It can also be caused by situations outside of work, such as a difficult romantic or family relationship, an unpaid volunteer responsibility that takes up most of your time, high-level athletic training, or parenting a high-needs child.
1: Yeah, and we do want to point out that while traditionally we've thought of burnout as being caused by stressors both inside and outside of work, In 2019, the World Health Organization actually redefined burnout as solely an occupational phenomenon. So they called burnout a syndrome resulting from chronic workplace stress, and they identified three main features. One, feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. Two, increased mental distance from one's job or feelings of negativity or cynicism related to one's job. And three, reduce professional efficacy. So it's important to remember that the WHO's definition links burnout solely to work. So there are three major types of burnout.
0: And the first is burnout due to volume, or what's known as overload burnout. This is the most well-known type of burnout. And this is when you're simply overworked. You have too many responsibilities and too many items on your calendar with no time to recuperate and refill your own bucket. So you're trying to fill others' buckets when your own is chronically empty.
1: Ah, oh, that's so hard. Yeah. The second type is due to boredom or what's called under challenge burnout. So this is due to feeling unappreciated, to having a lack of passion for whatever your work or responsibilities are, and feeling distanced or disengaged.
0: And the third type is due to feeling helpless or what's known as neglect burnout. This is when you feel inadequate and unable to handle your responsibilities, resulting in feeling unmotivated and resigned to a negative fate.
1: Mm-hmm. And when it comes to overload, the most common type of burnout, there can be several causes. These include a lack of control over your workload or your schedule. I mean, if you can never get time off to attend an appointment or a family obligation, this can lead to burning out.
0: And another cause can be a toxic work environment whether that's due to a bad boss or bullying colleagues, knowing you have to go to work every day in a place where you don't feel safe or you don't like can become unbearable.
1: Mm-hmm. And isolation is another cause. So if you have a stressful job and you don't have social support, either with you at work or in your personal life, it can make that job all the more difficult to do well.
0: Right. And finally, there's work-life imbalance. You know, we talk about work-life balance all the time, right? Uh, You and I even talked about it way back in our episode Mm -hmm. three. (laughs) So check that show out for some really useful tips. But if you haven't managed to find that balance and your job takes up all your time and energy, leaving no room for refilling your bucket with rest and loved ones, then that can lead to burnout.
1: So people often ask, what's the difference between burnout and depression? Well, depression is a medical condition while burnout is situation specific. If the situation is removed or changed, the burnout goes too. So a classic example is taking a fantastic vacation. So if you have burnout, you know, you'll have a great time on that trip because you're away from work. Has <laughs> anyone experienced that? Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but if you have depression, you won't be able to really fully enjoy it no matter how far from work you get.
0: And coming back to your toxic environment from that fantastic trip to the Riviera or Disney or wherever (laughs) is even more painful. (laughs) So in 1992, psychologists Gail North and Herbert Freudenberger identified 12 stages of burnout. So let's go through them and see if any of them sound familiar. So the first stage is the compulsion to prove oneself. This is characterized by excessive ambition and perfectionism. The person wants to give more than 100% to the job.
1: Number two is working harder. I mean, this is literally working harder. (laughs) You know, it's an exaggeration of that first stage with difficulty delegating tasks to others.
0: Stage three is neglecting one's own needs. So sleeping and eating patterns are disrupted. Social interaction is deprioritized. And the first small errors in performance start to be noticeable.
1: And stage four is displacement of conflicts. This means more conflicts with colleagues or with the spouse. And now errors start to pile up.
0: Number five is revision of values. So the person's values literally start to change. Work becomes the only thing that matters, while other former priorities, like family and friends, are displaced. The person starts becoming insensitive and unemotional.
1: Number six is denial of emerging problems. The person starts to become bitter, intolerant, and cynical. Shortfalls in performance become obvious, and now physical complaints start to arise.
0: Number seven is withdrawal. The person's human support system is now actually seen as an added burden. The person begins working more and harder and turning to alcohol or drugs as a way to feel good.
1: Stage eight is obvious behavioral changes. So the person becomes apathetic but also paranoid, and everything is seen as an attack.
0: The ninth stage is depersonalization. The person no longer sees themselves as a human, but rather as a machine that has to function. They feel trapped in a life without meaning.
1: And number 10 is inner emptiness. The person feels completely useless and or exhausted. Phobias and panic attacks can occur at this stage.
0: Stage 11 is depression. The person begins feeling frank despair or self-hatred and may have suicidal
1: thoughts. And finally, stage 12 is burnout syndrome. At this stage, there is physical, mental, and emotional collapse. This is a medical emergency.
0: So obviously, we don't want anyone to get to that late stage, right? That's really tragic. So what are the signs of burnout so we can catch it earlier? Well, one sign is fatigue. And I know pretty much 100% of you listening right now are like, welcome to my world, lady. I've been fatigued since the late 80s. (laughs) And that is true. We hear you. We feel you. But this kind of fatigue is both different and severe. So you might find yourself sleeping more, or you might find that you want to sleep all the time, or you might find that small tasks take longer and longer to complete.
1: Yeah, and another sign is constant questioning of your work. Feeling apathetic, like you're not making a difference with what you're working so hard at, or feeling like you don't want to get out of bed each morning.
0: Then there are headaches. This can be a sign of burnout, especially if you haven't been prone to headaches before.
1: And conversely, there's also insomnia. Although you might be fatigued, you might be at the same time unable to sleep. You know, and this can become a vicious cycle since burnout occurs when your bucket is empty. And we all know being sleep-deprived only further empties that poor bucket.
0: Right. And then there are also changes in eating. That could mean eating more than usual, less than usual, or eating less healthy food than usual.
1: All right. So what are the long-term effects of burnout? Why are we worried about this as physicians? You know, so long-term effects could include poor physical health. This could lead to high blood pressure, coronary artery disease, diabetes, poor resistance to infections, job turnover, clinical depression or anxiety, impaired relationships, long-term exhaustion, antisocial behavior, substance abuse, and in the worst case scenario, suicide.
0: So all of those things are tragic, but really that last one is the tragedy we hope in some small way to prevent. So what are some solutions? First of all, reach out to your supervisor. Are there specific issues that are causing you stress? For example, not having access to a resource that you regularly need for your job or not having an adequate workspace. Your boss may not know that these things are impeding your ability to work well. If they're able to take care of some smaller issues, it can have a larger impact than you think on your overall well-being. Or is it not small inconveniences, but the overall job that's burning you out? If so, your colleagues may be experiencing the same thing. Your company may have wellness programs or health incentives to help defuse some of that field-related stress. Alternatively, you and your colleagues may be able to band together to request specific workflow changes that could help.
1: And next, seek support. Many workplaces have an employee assistance program, or EAP. These programs are very familiar with burnout, among other things, and they can provide you with or point you to resources that can help. You know, also a personal therapist, colleagues, family and friends are all part of your support network as well. They say that a burden shared is a burden halved. And we think a lot of the time that's true. Mm -hmm. You know, the flip side of this is avoiding negative people, you know, to the best of your ability, limit your interactions with people who take more than they give. That is totally okay when you're dealing with burnout.
0: Absolutely. And also set boundaries. Mm -hmm. Decide on a time you're going to stop working each night and stick to it. Be firm about what you need from your supervisor or your colleagues. Put a curfew on responding to texts and calls each night and leave any that come in later for the morning. Refuse to be drawn into demands for more from a needy person in your life. Set aside a place in your home that's yours alone for you to unwind. Have compassion for yourself as you do for other people.
1: Oh, That's so important. I know one thing that you and I talk about is like, as immigrants, as women, as women of color, like, none of that sounds natural, you know, right, right. <laughs> like so much is ingrained in you to like do more and, you know, like don't set those Absolutely. boundaries. Everyone needs something or, you know, right. like there's always something to be done and, <laughs> um, and kind of put, not putting yourself first or even right. close to first. So I think that's really good advice and something that we should all really take to heart.
0: Exactly. Because, you know, that conditioning is not correct. Yes, right? I mean exactly. we, we all grew up that way, but that's that's not correct. We know that that's not optimal for our health.
1: Exactly. Um, and if you know
0: if we don't protect our health, we're not going to be there to take care of all the people that we take care of.
1: Exactly. And if we don't do it, no one can do it for us. Like no one can exercise for you. No one can drink water 100%. for you. No one can sleep <laughs> adequately for you. Right. You know. And getting to that, exercise is our next tip. You know, although like right. we know. Finding the time and motivation to exercise <laughs> can be tough, even in the best of times, let alone when you're in the throes of burnout. But we really can't stress enough how important it is. Mm-hmm. Now, prioritizing exercise of some form can work miracles for your mental and physical health. And bonus points if you can do it outside and then get the benefits of nature, too.
0: Right. And then there's Sleep you know, block it off in your calendar if you have to. Mm-hmm. It has been repeatedly shown that inadequate sleep can lead to a weakened immune system, high blood pressure, and depression. And it also, as we said earlier, contributes to a vicious cycle in burnout. Mm-hmm. So do whatever it takes, right, to make sure that you give yourself enough sleep. It can be tempting to forego an hour or three so you can get more work done. But mm-hmm. remember, if you sleep, most of your responsibilities will still be taken care of. But if your body collapses, none of them will be. right. So prioritizing sleep before that happens can help make sure it never happens.
1: Yeah. And also there is a place for mindfulness and relaxation. Mm-hmm. So yoga, prayer, tai chi, meditation, all of these activities can center you, can lower blood pressure and remove that false idea that work is the only thing you're allowed to focus on. So taking a daily break from technology and from social media can also help with this. But not a break from the podcast. That's different.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm glad you clarified. (laughs) No need to ever step back from us, friends. (laughs) And then, you know what? Seek medical attention. If you're unable to get out of bed, are engaging in risky behaviors, are having suicidal thoughts, or are otherwise experiencing signs that you or someone else finds concerning, seek help right away by calling your PCP or calling 911 Mm -hmm. or going to the ER if you're in imminent danger. There's no time to waste.
1: Absolutely. Those are emergencies. And if you need help and you're wondering where to go, check with your employer or your insurance provider for available counseling services. Now, online counseling and therapy providers can also be a godsend, and these really seem to have grown during the pandemic, because you can use them without leaving your home or your office. Talkspace.com and betterhelp.com are two options, and we'll link to them in our show notes on hippocratichosts.com.
0: And finally, be open to making dramatic changes. If nothing improves your burnout and brings back your former self, it may be time to pull the ripcord. Although it may seem impossible, leaving your job or even leaving your field may be the only logical solution. While we would never advise doing this without trusted counsel, we also want you to remember that work is not life. Mm -hmm. You are not your profession, you're not your career. You know, your primary responsibility is to yourself and your loved ones, not your employer. And if there's no way to be healthy while staying with your employer, then it's a completely honorable decision to leave and do something else. Plenty of people have done 180-degree turns in their work lives and have been thrilled with the decision. If you're at that point, that can be you too. And now it's time for our Physician Mom Hack of the Week.
1: All right, so one of the ways we need to take care of ourselves is by drinking enough water. So anyone out there like me and regularly get to the end of the day only to realize that they've fallen short of their goal of drinking enough water yet again. Anyone? <laughs> Bueller? Bueller?
0: Me, me, definitely me. <laughs> yet another thing we have in common, Lon. Exactly. <laughs> I was like,
1: I know I'm not alone. So here's an easy way to handle that. Get a clear one liter water bottle. Drinking two of these a day is a reasonable goal for most people. Make eight marks equally spaced from top to bottom on the outside of your bottle with a permanent marker and label them with hours of the day starting with the time you wake up. On the other side of the bottle, make the same marks and label them with the next eight hours of the day. So if 7 a.m. is your normal wake-up time, then at 7 a.m. the bottle should, should be full. By 8 a.m. it should be one-eighth empty. By 9 a.m. two-eighths empty. By 3 p.m., it should be fully empty. So then you fill it up again, turn the bottle around to follow the markings on the other side. So by 11 p.m., it should be empty again. So this is a great visual reminder to keep yourself drinking throughout the day. And it helps to break up that task into manageable sips. So you don't feel like you have to gulp it all down at the end of the the day. You've kind of taken it bit by bit and you'll be hashtag hydrated.
0: I love that. I'm totally going to try that. (laughs) So that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you more than we can say. Uh, Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and review us in Apple Podcasts because reviewing helps other people like you find our show. And we might pick your review to share in a future episode. For example, Asthet Artistic said, This podcast really puts life into perspective, and the mom doctors doing it are so funny and relatable. I've loved listening to them, and will be sure to continue to tune in. Aw, Esthet Artistic, we love you right back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everyone, (laughs) and talk to you soon.
1: Thanks for listening to Health at Home with the Hippocratic hosts. Remember that all views expressed here are our own, not our employer's. And all content is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as medical advice nor the establishment of a doctor-patient relationship. Always consult your own physician or healthcare team for any medical issues.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us, subscribe, and tell a friend. And check out our website at www.hippocratichosts.com for show notes on this and all our episodes. Can't wait to chat with you next time.